All right. Well, I mentioned this morning um, we were going to be looking at a topic tonight that I think is very important for us as Christians to, to really understand. Uh, obviously, there is, um, there's an election coming up, and I'm not um, talking about, you know, who to vote for as far as um, the different uh, people to vote for, but there are a couple issues that are on the ballot uh, that I believe as Christians we need to, number one, be made aware of. Uh, but not just to be made aware of, but what to understand what does the Bible say about these things, right? Um, to me, it's, it's very sad to see when many Christians, they uh, really, they don't even care about elections. They, they're not really sure what things are about, and they'll just go in not really understanding and just, oh, well, I'll just pick something, right? And I say, that's very dangerous. You say, why is that dangerous? Because the Bible says we're to be good stewards for the Lord, Right? And not only are we stewards of our finances, not only are we stewards of our time, but we are stewards of everything God gives to us. Everything, right? And that includes even the right and responsibility to vote as Christians. We are stewards of that, okay? Um, and to just look at that haphazard and be like, well, it doesn't really matter. I'll just, you know, pick one. And, you know, whatever's going to happen, happens. Um, I believe is the wrong way for Christians to look at these things, um, and that's why it's important for, for Christians to really look and find out what is happening. Um, I would encourage you, um, because you're going to hear all kinds of things on the TV. You're going to hear all kinds of advertisements and things that these people are wrong, and these people are wrong, and these people are right, and these people are right. Um, and it's like, well, who, who do you believe? Well, I think that's why it's important that we uh, delve into some of these things to really find out what is being said. And then not just what is my opinion on that, because let's face it, our opinion doesn't really matter. But what does the Bible say about it, right? Because these are biblical issues. Uh, you say, you know, does a church, you know, I thought there was separation of church and state. The church isn't supposed to talk about uh, issues and the church isn't talk, talk about politics and things. Um, I don't think you can show me anywhere in the Bible that says that. You can't show me anywhere in the Bible that says that, right? In fact, I believe David was a man after God's own heart, was he not? Um, was David in politics? I think he was a king. I can't I tell you, I think to be a king, it's kind of hard not to be involved in politics. Okay? Um, so there's, there's nowhere in Scripture where the Bible tells us that believers are to stay out of politics. Okay? Um, now, again, I understand there is what we would call or what uh, many times is referred to as separation of church and state. First of all, uh, you're not going to find that term in the Constitution right? Uh, that's not there. And the purpose of separation of state was not to keep the church out of the government. It was to keep the government out of the church. If you go back and study history, you'll find out um, that it, that was the purpose of it because the, uh, there was the governments were trying to control the churches and what could be preached and what could not be preached. And so, hey, they said, no, no, this is not right. Uh, the government needs to stay out of the church as far as what the church is supposed to be preaching and teaching and who can and who cannot. That's not the government's job. That's the church's job, right? Um, and so Christians are to be involved in politics. I'm thankful that if you look at many of these politicians, now, uh, again, I'm not saying they're perfect, but I'm thankful that when you look at some of these politicians, they have a clear testimony of salvation, 
They know Christ as their Savior, um, and they're trying to be a witness as best they can. Yeah, I'm not saying they're perfect, uh, but let's face it, we're not perfect either. Amen. We're not perfect, right? Um, but I believe it's we are in the mess that we are in in our country. I'm not talking about the world. We're in the mess that we are in in our country, I believe, today, because Christians have chosen to just stay out of politics. We're just not going to get involved, you know. There was a saying a few years back. I, I don't really hear it too much anymore, but there was, there was a saying, you know, there's two things. You don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about politics. Don't talk to me about religion, right? Well, I'm not going to talk to you about religion. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus, right? Jesus is not religion. Jesus didn't come to establish religion. And I'm not going to talk to you about politics either. I'm going to talk to you about the Bible because these are biblical issues, right? These are biblical issues, okay? And we're looking tonight, and obviously, if you're not aware, there are two issues along with candidates and things like that that are on the ballot. Uh, but there are two issues that are on this November ballot. There's issue one and issue two, right? Hence, there are two issues, okay? <laughs> I'm just making sure some of you are still awake, all right? Um, now, issue one and what we're going to talk about tonight um, is dealing with what is, some people are calling it referring to health care, Right? Um, I want to read to you what the National Review said about this proposed amendment, right? The National Review said the proposed amendment would outlaw virtually any restrictions on abortion and all other procedures, including, same, or excuse me, including sex change surgeries that touch on reproduction for both adults and minors. It would cancel out not only parental consent laws, but also mere parental notification for minors abortions or sex change surgeries, strike down health protection for people of all ages who undergo these procedures, including requirements that a qualified physician perform them, and erase any meaningful limits on late-term abortions. Okay? Uh, that's what the National Review said about this. Right? This issue one, basically the heart of it and what you're hearing about, is the heart of the issue is abortion. That's the heart of the issue. Um, should Ohio basically legalize abortion and basically at any time, at any time, right? Um, if issue one were to become a constitutional amendment, it would remove virtually all limits on abortions. It would legalize abortion on demand at any stage of pregnancy and it would give Planned Parenthood and other groups the power to make life and death decisions. It puts it into their hands. In fact, the new law would state, and this is, what, this is the wording of it, every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, and abortion. Now, notice it says, but not limited to, right? That means the amendment has no limits. There's no limit to it, right? No limits at all, right? And it goes on. In no case may such an abortion be prohibited if in the professional judgment of the pregnant patient's treating physician, it is necessary to protect the pregnant patient's life or health. Now, again, they're wording it in a way to try to say, well, we're doing it for the protection of the patient, right? But notice it says, in the professional judgment 
of the treating physician. So now, who is really making that decision? It is the doctor or whoever is that health, um, that treating physician there, okay? Um, and many times when you find the, the treating patient or the treating physician for these patients are employees of an abortion provider such as Planned Parenthood and other groups, okay? Um, may I say that abortion providers are the last people in the world who should be entrusted with life and death decisions because, and here's the reason why, they have a financial interest in advocating for abortions. There is a financial gain to them for abortions, okay? And, and again, if, if you don't think that they're really pushing this, let me just show you a picture of a post from Planned Parenthood that basically says, any reason is the right reason to get an abortion, right? This is from Planned Parenthood. When it comes to your abortion, any reason is the right reason. May I say, that is their view. Any reason at all. It doesn't have to be a life and death situation. No, no, no. Any reason at all is the right reason for a person to get an abortion. Now, again, how is the, when thinking about these decisions, how is the pregnant patient's life or health defined? Again, who, who defines that, right? Anything could be defined as a threat to a patient's health, especially what we're moving into nowadays. Even they're saying um, mental health is now a threat to a pregnancy, right? I mean, they're, they're coming up with all different types of things to try to justify this. So basically, this issue, there's, there's three points that this issue makes. Um, issue one, it ignores Ohio's already existing exceptions for the life and health of the mother in favor of establishing abortion on demand through all nine months. There are already current laws in Ohio that provide exceptions in the event of life and health, right? They're, they're already there. So why do we need a new law? Because to them, it does not go far enough. They want at any time, anywhere, any place, any reason to be able to perform an abortion. So it ignores the laws that Ohio already has. Secondly, it would eliminate many basic health and safety protections for women currently, again, in the law. It includes a safeguard requiring abortions to be performed by licensed doctors, the current law. They have to be a licensed doctor who, are, who is able to transfer a woman to a hospital if something goes wrong during the procedure. Under this law, it's just, there is, it, you don't have to be a licensed doctor, right? So this is actually a more dangerous law than what is currently on the books, right? Also, this proposed amendment opens the door to removing parents from important decisions. Again, we, you notice, even if it's minors, a minor under this law would not have to inform the parents, the, the, the healthcare physician, doctor, whoever, would not have to uh, inform the, the parents. Uh, the ballot language makes no mention of parents or minors. Uh, it's simply between the individual person or woman and the treating physician. So now you have 
minors that are able to, uh, and again, it's not just the main thing that we're dealing with here is abortion, but uh, again, think about what it was saying as well, um, dealing with the, um, the sex change surgeries and, and all of these different things that have to do with even minors as well, right? Can I, can I tell you something? Um, I'm not sure if you know this, but to vote in America, you have to be 18 years of age. Did you know that? Yeah, you have to be 18 years of age. Um, when you go to vote, you have to show a driver's license. The driver's license has to show your correct age, right? It has to be a current driver's license. You have to show an ID. Why would we say that a person that is under the age of 18 cannot vote, they cannot take a little pen and squiggle in a little circle, but yet somehow we think that they have the understanding to make these life-altering decisions, that they could choose to get an abortion or to have a sex change or something without having to inform the parents or their guardians or whatever, that's, that's what this law is bringing in. There's, there's no, it's just now whatever you want to do, you don't have to inform your parents, you don't have to inform your guardians. There is, there is a, it's a carte blanche thing, abortion on demand, whenever you want it, any stage, uh, all of these different things. And that's why this law is so, it's so dangerous. And that's why Christians need to be aware of what's going on. Now, what does the Bible say about this, right? We believe that human life begins at conception, at conception, and that the unborn child is a living human being. We do not believe that life begins at birth, right? We believe life begins at conception, right? It does not begin at birth. Um, abortions constitute the unjustified, inexcusable taking of unborn human life. Now, May I, may I just stop here and say this, right? There, there might be somebody watching via live stream or somebody that's listening to this or even somebody here tonight that maybe you've had an abortion. Please understand, we're not, we're not, I'm not condemning you. I'm not trying to judge you. That's not what this is about, okay? Um, look, this is, we're, we're talking about what this law is about, we're going to look at what the Bible says, right? And, and I hope that as we look at what the Bible says, we'll see that this is, this is what we need to follow. Not what man says, not even what many times a doctor says, but what the Bible says, okay? And by the way, these young people need to know what the Bible says. These young people need to know what God says about these things, okay? So we're not, we're not condemning uh, anyone. Look, I I, I don't know your, your past history. I don't know your life. I, I don't know anybody's here tonight or anybody watching, okay? So please understand when I say we, I'm not in any way trying to condemn you or judge you if that has happened to you, okay? Not, not in any way, right? Um, and in fact, if, I, I think if you would go back and listen to this morning's message, you would know that is absolutely my heart, okay? Absolutely my heart on that, okay? But what does the Bible say? Right? I found it very interesting as I was just kind of thinking about this. Um, let, me, let me just read this and see if this sounds familiar to you. Okay? Just tell me if this sounds familiar. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
Does that sound familiar to anybody? Anybody know what that is? What is it? Our Constitution. And it's sad that most people don't even know what our Constitution is anymore. Most people never haven't read the Constitution. But in our Constitution, it says we hold these truths to be self-evident. Okay? Now notice he says truths. These truths to be self-evident. What is a truth? Something that is true. Right? Okay? Watch what he says. That all men are created equal. Now let me ask you a question. When he says that all men are created equal, when does this creating begin? Does this creating begin when a person is 18 years of age? Does this creating begin when they are 12 years of age? Does this creating begin when they are born? Or does this creating begin when life begins? We believe that all men being created equal, they are endowed by their creator that begins at life. That begins at conception, not at a certain time period in that person's life, but at life, at conception, right? And this is what he says. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. By the way, that is true. That's a truth. All men are created equal, right? They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are, and what is the very first one the Constitution says? Life. Life. That is the very first thing the Constitution says. Hey, our Creator has guaranteed us the right to life. And so if there is a child, and please understand, it is not a fetus. It is a child. It is a human being. It is a baby. And that baby has life. And even, and even our forefathers understood that in our Constitution, when we have been created by God, we have a right to life. There's a right to life there. Many who say, well, that life begins at birth. Well, that's interesting. You should look and see how many people have been prosecuted for double homicide in the death of a mother and child. Now, wait a minute. If it's not a child, how can it be a homicide? If it's not a child, how can it be the death of something? If it's not even alive, how can, it, how can you be judged? How can you be judged for something that's not even alive? How can you be judged for something that does not have life? And yet, you can go through and you can find case after case after case where someone has been, uh, been judged and they have committed a double homicide. Mother and baby have died. That is a double homicide because the child is a baby. It is a living human being. Was it born? Was it outside of the mother's womb? No, it was still inside the mother's womb. But it still is life. It still is a human being. There are so many verses we can go to. Uh, look with me in the book of Job, chapter 3. In Job, chapter 3, Notice what Job says. Again, we're not going to take time to read the whole passage, but I just want you to notice this verse. Or as in hidden, untimely birth, had I not been as infants which never saw light. 
What does that mean, an infant that has never seen light? It's, an infant, it's a child that has not been born. It's a child that has not been born yet, and yet Job calls it an infant. Job calls it a child. It's not seen light. It has not been born yet. Look in Psalms chapter 51. Psalms chapter 51. What does the psalmist say? Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and incended. My mother conceived me. Where does, where does the psalmist say his life began? When he was born or when he was conceived? The psalmist says conceived. And by the way, we do believe 2 Timothy 3.16 is correct. Do we not? 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So what we're saying is we believe that every word in this book is of God. Amen? These are God's words. So it wasn't David that was just saying, you know, well, I think this is when life began. No, this is God saying when life begins. And he says, and did my mother conceive me. This is conception. This is not birth. This is when God says life begins. It begins at conception. In Psalms 139, 139. Now, again, please understand, I'm not, I'm, I'm not bringing this tonight to try to convince unbelievers of, of, this, of this and where life begins and things. Although I will say, I believe there are many unbelievers who believe this, okay? What I'm trying to do tonight is help Christians to understand how important it is that we take a stand for biblical truth. This is biblical truth that we're talking about here. Right? This is not just, well, you know, I'm not going to vote because I don't like that politician. We're not talking about politicians here. We're talking about biblical truth. We're talking about life. That's what we're talking about tonight. And as Christians, as I said this morning, yes, the Bible says we are to be angry and sin not. Right? We can be angry at, at, at the uh, Planned Parenthood, and we can be angry that uh, of all the... the um, the abortions that have taken place in our country. In fact, um, there, are, there are two different research. Uh, there's Pew Research, and then there's also another word called uh, Guttmacher Institute. In, um, in the year 2000, this is just from 2000, okay? This isn't all going on. This is just from 2000. In the year 2000, they recorded 1,310,000 abortions. One year in, 20, in 22, 1,290,000 abortions. In 25, 1,210,000 abortions. By the way, this is just in the United States. In 28, 1,210,000. In 2011, 1,060,000. In 2014, 962,000. In 2017, 862,000. In 2020, just a couple years ago, 930,000. You understand, just since the year 2000, there's been almost over 20 million abortions. Life. The taking of life. That innocent life. That's what we're talking about tonight. 
Life is a sacred gift. Look in Psalms 139. Notice what he says in verse number 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. What's he saying? Hey, he was, he was being made in his mother's womb when no one else could see. You can't see what's, what's happening inside the mother's womb, but he says in there, God was making him. He was fashioning him. He was a, he was a human being, he's saying. We, we have to get beyond. We have to stop allowing the world to convince us that somehow that that child inside a mother's womb is not a baby. It's not a human being. It's just, a, it's just some blobs of cell. It's just a fetus. No, no, it is a living human being. It is a child that God is fashioning, that God is making. And we just want to treat it like nothing. We can say, well, you know, Men can say, well, it doesn't really have anything to do with me. You know, I'm a man. I'm not going to have a baby, right? We do believe that men cannot have babies, right? Hello, amen, right? I know we're we're living in a crazy world. Men can say, well, it doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, that's, that's the woman's decision. Wait a minute. We're talking about life. It is up to you. It is up to me. It is our decision. We're talking about innocent life. That God is trying to make. It is up to us. As Christians, we ought to stand against abortion. We ought to stand against this this issue one that is uh, dealing with abortion at any time and and allowing minors to get sex changed. And look, they, they don't understand. And, and, they're, and they're pushing them, and the world is pushing them to do these things. And now people that have done it are coming back and saying, what were they thinking? Why did they let me do this? This are changes. I've, I cannot go back and redo these things. Why would you let me do this? They're just children. And we just, well, you know, it's, you know that's their decision. It's up to them. Their body Yeah, maybe it is their body, but that child inside is not their body. That child is its own body. It's its own living human being. He says, my, my, in my mother's womb, he was fearfully, wonderfully made. God is the one that does this. In 2020, In 2020, almost 20% of pregnancies ended in abortion. Almost one out of five pregnancies ended in abortion. 930,000, almost one million babies, their lives were taken. And I know, look, you know, the, the, the big hot button, the big hot topic, you know, well, you know, we've got to have these laws in because, you know, uh, abortion and, you know, we've got to be able to do this because of rape and incest. Look, if you, if you will just study, you'll find out that rape and incest have so little to do with abortions these days. Think about this. 930,000 
in 2020, only 1% of those abortions were because of rape. 1%. Only half of those, half of a percent, was because of incest. So we're not, we're not talking like 50%, right? They, they, they try to make it sound like this is why it's so important. That, that is so minuscule. It's, it's not even, it, look, it, I feel, I'm, not, I'm not saying I condone those things. That's not what I'm saying at all. But to try to say that this is what it's really about, they are lying. They're lying about it. That's not what it's about. It's about money. That's why they're invested in this. That's why they're willing. Do you understand how much these outside lobbyist groups spent in Ohio? They're not even from Ohio. But how much money that you're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars. Why would they do that? Because of what they're going to get back. What they're going to get back from it. You see, God values life. Look in Job chapter 10. In Job chapter 10. Look in verse number 12. What does Job say? Thou hast granted me life and favor, and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. Job understand that life came from one person, God. God is the giver of life. And when we think about it, when we think about abortion, go back to the book of Genesis chapter 9. Why is God even against, when, when we look in the Ten Commandments and the Bible says, thou shalt not kill, we understand that word kill means murder. God is against murder. Why? Why is God against murder? Well, he actually tells us in Genesis chapter 9, notice in verse number 6, he said, whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. You understand that? Murder is against the image of God. We are taking life. And the only one who has the power to give life and the only one who has the power to take life is God. God's the only one that does that. Man is created in the image of God. And when we take life, when we take an innocent life, when we commit a murder, when somebody commits murder, we are taking an innocent life. It is against the image of God. And when these can I say, how much more innocent can you get? How much more innocent can you get than a, 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 a baby that is inside his mother's womb that has not even been born yet? The innocency of that child. Made by God. And as Christians, we just stand back and say, well, it's not, it doesn't really matter if I vote or not. It doesn't really matter if I have a part in this. Friend, do you understand what we're saying is we are, we are fine with what's happening? We're fine with what they're doing? We're fine with the taking of these innocent lives? We're fine with that? I'm not fine with that. That should never be fine for a Christian. That should not be fine for us. Because this is a biblical thing. This is what God says. And we should do everything in our power to be able to stand up and say, hey, this is wrong. 
This is wrong, and, and we should do everything we can. At this point, we're talking about voting, right? Man, we, every Christian in this state ought to be out voting against this issue and putting down abortion and putting down all these sex changes and things like this for minors. Every Christian ought to be standing against it. If we believe the Bible, if we believe what God says is true, can I tell you something? It shouldn't even be an issue. The reason why it is an issue today is because Christians have just said, well, it's not that big of a deal. I don't really have to be involved. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with me right? You know, they can make their own choices, make their own decisions. No, Christian, God says he values life. In fact, he validates the life of the unborn. You understand that God validates life in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 24. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things. This is what Isaiah says. He formed thee from the womb, in Galatians 1.15, God went, when it, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, excuse me, Jeremiah 1.15, right? He said he's from the womb. In Luke chapter 1 and verse number 41, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped into her womb. It didn't say the fetus. It didn't say the blob of cells. It said a baby leaped in her womb. Why? Because she heard the voice of Mary. God not only values life, but he validates the life of the unborn. All throughout Scripture we see this. Isaiah, Jeremiah, I mean all throughout Scripture. Um, Luke, there's, there's so many passages that deal with this. In, a, in all American wars, um, and I'm not exactly sure with you know, some of these most recent ones, but 1.1 million soldiers have died 1.1 million soldiers have died defending our country. They've def died defending freedom that we can be able to meet and worship like this tonight. 1.1 million soldiers have died. Since 1970, with Roe v. Wade, the CDC reports that 50 million abortions have been committed. Over 50 million children. Can, can you fathom that? I mean, that's, that's more than, than the state of Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky combined. Combined. We're talking three states combined. That's more than their population. 50 million. Look, I'm, I'm thankful that you know, was it last year or this year? I don't remember when it was that Roe v. Wade got overturned and things like that. I mean, look, that, that's all great and everything, but why did it take so long for Christians to take a stand? Why in Ohio is, is, this, why is this even an issue? When there are 11 million people in Ohio and there are churches all over the state of Ohio and good Bible-believing churches and, and some that, you know, look, as much as we like to put down some of these other religions, at least they, they value life. Most of them. Where, where are we? That we would be fine just to say, well, it's not a big deal. You know, whatever they do, they do. It doesn't really bother me. My children are grown, or I don't have children, or I have grandkids now. It's, you know, it's not really me. I'm a guy. It doesn't really bother me. 
It's not up to me. No, friend. I tell you, we're talking about biblical truth here. God is giving us an opportunity to actually stand for truth, stand for right. And we just think it's not a big deal. We need to take a stand against moral decline. Just because it's not your body doesn't mean you shouldn't stand for what is right. How young is too young to save? There's no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind, if one of these young people here tonight, one of these littlest kids that we had tonight, if something were happening to that child right now, there's no doubt in my mind that every single person here would be doing something to try to save that child. They'd be doing something. Calling 911, finding the first aid kit, I mean, getting on our hands and knees, praying, whatever. Every single person would be doing something to save that child's life. But we think because it's just still in the mother's womb, we don't really have to do anything. Have we gone so far as Christians to now think that just because it's not born that we don't have to do anything to save their life? The world's not going to. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And we need to stand against it. I think Proverbs 6 is pretty clear about this. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 and 17, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue. And this is the third one that he says, Hands that shed innocent blood. Now you tell me what God's attitude is toward it. God said he hates it. It's a, an abomination to shed innocent blood. How much more innocent can you get? A child that cannot speak for itself, a child that has not even been born have no voice who's going to stand up for them can I tell you it ought to be Christians and by the way can I can I go a little bit further here and say it's not just about standing up against abortion again we ought to stand up against abortion but can I tell you I, I believe one of the reasons why we're in the state we are is because we have disregarded the word of God in more areas than one when you look at our country today, look at the divorce rate and things like this that are happening and the broken homes. Why? Because we have failed to teach the, the, the sanctity of marriage and how important that is. And now it's just tossed to the side. It's not really that big of a deal, right? Hey, we're, we're here in this situation because we have failed in more areas than one. Look, may I say we should not just stand against abortion, but as I mentioned this morning, hey, if you know of someone, hey, they're thinking about having an abortion, don't condemn them. Don't be like, hey, you're going to murder a baby? How dare you? No, no. Why don't you come alongside of them and say, hey, can I help you through this? Can I, can I encourage you? Hey, God, God's made that baby special. And, and can I help you through this? And maybe, maybe it's to the point where uh, somebody says, well, I just don't think I can, I don't think I can take care of it. Well, that's great. Well, you know, there's this thing called adoption. There's a thing called adoption. 
and we can find it. Maybe we could find a family in our church, or maybe we could find a family we know that would love and care for that child and help to and raise that child. Don't, don't end its life. You see, we want to stand against it, but we don't want to do anything else about it. We don't want to go and help them, and we don't want to comfort them. We don't want to stand with them. We just want to stand against it, which we should. But friend, there's a lot more we could be doing. The world has painted Christians that we're some bigots and we hate these people that are, that are going in to have abortions and things. No, friend, we don't hate them. We hate what the abortion clinics and these places are doing. But we don't hate them. God loves that little child. And you and I as Christians ought to love that little child. We ought to do whatever we can to help protect it. Friend, I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how you should vote. I can tell you you should vote. <laughs> and I can tell you you should vote against it as a Christian if we're going to believe the Bible. But look, as, as a, you have to determine how you're going to vote. But I think it's pretty clear what God says about this issue. I don't think there's a gray area here. This area is black and white. And we have to decide, are we going to stand on God's side or are we going to stand on the world's side? That's where the issue is. Whose side are we going to stand on? We need to have compassion for the innocent. We need to stand and make our voice heard that, hey, we believe life, that baby, is a human being. There is life there. It doesn't have to be at nine months, right? No, hey, nine months, that's just when we get to finally see, right? We get to see the baby. We get to see the life that God has made Oh, but that child has been, that child's been alive. It's been there. You ever, you ever went and got an uh, ultrasound done, done one of those 3D things, you know? I mean, that baby's there, the arms and the legs and the heart and, and all the things that are there, sucking on its thumb, all the, don't tell me that's not a life. It's not, it's a life. And as Christians, we ought to take a stand, not because it's popular or not because we're trying to make a name for ourselves. No, no, that's not what it's about. It's because God values life. He values life, and we ought to take a stand for it as well. He validates the life of the unborn, and we ought to take a stand for those that are innocent, that cannot speak for themselves. <laughs> I, I, like, I really like what this... I don't remember. I've seen it a couple places. I think I saw it on the back of a car, and I think I saw it on a, a billboard somewhere. He said, isn't it amazing, amazing? all those that are pushing abortion have already been born? Aren't you glad that it didn't happen to you? I'm glad it didn't happen to me. Why? Because God has a purpose for their life. God has a plan. And it's not our job to take life. It's God's. God knows when somebody's going to be created, and God knows when it's time for them to die. And we need to stand on God's word about this. Father, I pray you'd help us, Lord.
This is such a vital issue, Lord, dealing in our state already. And Lord, I believe the reason why we're here is because Christians have not taken the stand that we should have taken. We have not been public and bold about standing for truth and standing for life. Lord, when there is a a group of people that can say that a life can be taken at any time, Lord, there ought to be a group of people just as strong and even stronger saying, no, it cannot. That is a life. That is a living human being. And Lord, as Christians, I pray you to help us, Lord, to look in your word and to realize this is not just an issue of our day, but this is a biblical issue. Lord, your value in life is great. From the womb, from conception, as you're weaving and making that little baby, Lord, may Christians take a stand for what is right. May we take a stand upon the truth of your word. Father, I pray you'd help us with this. It's so important, not just for today, but Lord, for our society. Lord, may we stop being silent on these biblical issues. May we start being bolder, not mean. Lord, we do need to be bolder and to stand for truth. That the world may know there's a God who loves those little babies, who cares about them has a purpose and a plan for their life. And Lord, we just want to be there to help them any way we can. Father, would you help us with this, Lord? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you for being here tonight. Um, Again, don't forget, be back Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock, for our Bible study and prayer time. And and then be praying about our missions conference coming up. Uh, Real excited about that. Be praying about what God would have us to do for missionaries, for our missions this coming year, and, um, and be praying for our missionaries they get ready to come, all right? God bless you. You are dismissed.